Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Side Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's been a little while since we've been here, but we're very glad to be back. And since we've been gone a little bit, there is plenty to catch up on on this show. Some news has really just broken out today, as well as other days before. But today was a pretty, uh, pretty big day in baseball. A couple of signings. We'll get to that. Plenty of Cubs talk to be had as we head towards the winter meetings. They are coming up fast, and we know that's when things really start to pick up. So sit down, strap it in, get ready for this offseason to continue, and join us while you're at it. Adam, how you doing? Great. Good awesome. to be back. Awesome. Yeah, it is good to be back. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you had yeah. lots of food. We did. We did have lots of food. Uh we have turkey like probably most people do on Thanksgiving, but uh, I've always believed that turkey is massively overrated. It's it's the worst of the meats, I think. I just yeah. don't get it. I just don't get the hype with turkey. It's pretty bland, I think. See, I'd turkey's rather, all right. It's not my favorite either, but I like it. I'd rather have like a steak or a burger or something. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm with you there. But on Thanksgiving, you know, I, I always stick to the traditional turkey. Really, I look forward to the side dishes the most, frankly. Yeah, I suppose. I've never liked stuffing either. I've I've always kind of thought stuffing was gross. Never been a fan. You've never tried Greek stuffing, though. I'll tell you, it's good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a stuffing guy. I, I'm skeptical. It's a little different. So it's a little different. Um, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's very good. Uh, it, it is a little different, but uh, it, it's it's one of those things where you say Greek stuffing and people kind of scratch their heads. I'm like, well, I would elaborate more if I could describe it, but I kind of can't. You have to taste it for yourself. But unfortunately, okay. I have no Greek stuffing to hand out right now. I'll take your word for it. In general, I I do like Greek food. Yeah, good. I, I like people who appreciate Greek food. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Cub stuff. Where do we begin? There's There hasn't been a whole lot of news, but there has been plenty of rumors, uh, which we'll get to. I guess we'll start with really the biggest news. Um, we had the tender, non-tender deadline just this past week. And as many people thought would happen, and I think it was expected by a number of fans, not only of the Cubs, but kind of around the league, basically people who follow baseball in general, um, Addison Russell was not tendered a contract. His time as a Chicago Cub is done. He was projected to get around $5 million, and if you look at what Addison Russell did last year, the value does not come even close to matching that. And look, you all know my views on Addison Russell. Uh, I was not a fan of just having him back in the first place last year, uh, but he was. He did get another chance here, and well, it didn't work out at all. They're finally moving on. Uh, that's one less tendered contract, while pretty much everyone else we thought was going to get tendered was tendered. But that was really the big news of the week for the Cubs so far. Uh, so he's out, he's done, and they're going to move on from that. Yeah, I mean, from a baseball perspective, this makes sense, too. I know a lot of people wanted to be done with him just because of the baggage that he brings, but you know, Theo was right that for, for the role that he would have served on this team, they'd be paying him too much money. There's, it's just too much to justify keeping him around. You can get somebody who can do all of the things that Russell was going to do for much cheaper. Uh, so this, it makes sense. And to be honest, I think the whole fan base was just ready for this to be over anyway. It's, yeah, it's just, it's created kind of a divide, uh, and it was just time to move on. He had his chance this last season to prove that despite the baggage, he could still perform at a high level and bring some serious value to the table, but that wasn't the case. We saw tons of mistakes on the base paths, uh, defensively not nearly as sharp as he had been, still pretty much dead weight at the plate. So, yeah, I mean, 
it's really disappointing too because you know we've said it before, but at one time, at one point in time, Addison Russell was regarded uh, as the more highly touted prospect than Chris Bryant. I mean, Addison Russell was going to be the guy. He was a superstar prospect, and now here we are. Yeah, things have changed. Quite the over fall the from years. grace. Yeah. Right, and you know we we got maybe glimpses of it, but we never actually saw it all come together. Never put it together. Yeah, and and. Listen, 90-plus RBIs, uh, that, that's impressive, and that's worth mentioning. But, I, I mean, you also have to consider the, the fact that, you know, that might have been one of the best Cubs teams of all time. Yep. Uh, the lineup was just square from top to bottom. And when you've yep. got guys getting on base on either side of you all the time, then naturally your, your RBI count is going to go up. So, and you know, and we never saw that from him again either. So no, not even close. I think, I think it is fair to say that a lot of that season was just a byproduct of the team as a whole being really good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's the point I've always made about that season too. And I mean, I know he was voted an all-star that year, but, uh, you look at his numbers versus the other guys. It was clearly just the Cubs fan base voting for everybody. I think you got to sometimes yeah. take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. Cubs fans just totally tried to rig that that season, which you know that's that's fine if that's the system you're going to have. Then you're setting yourself up to to have fan bases abuse it like that. Yeah, exactly. So they're moving on from him. Uh, like I said, good move. And then you expected them to tender Bryant, Baez, those people. I think I, I truly mm-hmm. believe we're going to see that extension news come from the GM winter meetings. Uh, the rumors have already been out there that that's what they're going to try to do. Why they're waiting for the min- winter meetings specifically, I don't know. But, you know, that's when they get a lot of work done. So you could see something happen there with Javier Baez, a potential extension. But either way, they yeah. were going to tender him a contract. I would assume that they're they're waiting because they would listen to to offers for some of those players in the winter meetings. I mean, we keep hearing Chris Bryant's name mentioned and I don't know how much truth there is to that. How much how serious they actually are about the possibility of trading him, but I, I would think they wouldn't want to extend somebody before they can listen to offers. Which by the way, we got to we got to cut it out with these these uh three-team trade proposals that Ugh. we get from... Oh, my... They're terrible. Ugh. I've seen tons of them, tons of them with Chris Bryant, and they're all terrible they're for the They're wretched. Cup. They're horrible. It's... Every single one of these proposals is one team getting really good major league talent and the Cubs getting, like, a couple B-tier prospects. It's ridiculous. It's I understand you'd like only be you. getting a year, but still, you're talking about maybe the best third baseman in the league, and the Cubs are going to get a couple of B-level prospects? Get out of here. Yeah, I mean, this one today, I don't know who proposed this, but I saw it online. Three-team trade, Cubs, Reds, Astros. <laughs> Three-team blockbuster. Here we go. Astros acquire Wilson Contreras from Chicago and Amir Garrett from Cincinnati Reds. Reds acquire Chris Bryant from the Cubs. And right-handed pitcher Josh James from the Astros. The Cubs acquire Forrest Whitley and Abram Toro. And the Astros and left-handed pitcher Nick Lodolo. And right-handed pitcher Tony Santillan or Santillan, whatever, from the Reds. That's horrible. Who in their right mind thought that was... I I would bet you that most baseball fans have not even heard of those prospects. I haven't. I think that the hardcore baseball fans maybe have. Yeah, and you and I pay closer attention than the average fan does because we do this. Most people have not even heard of those players. You're going to get those guys for Chris Bryant? No way. And, I mean, what's, what does that do to keep the window open for the Cubs? Nothing. That, if, if they made that move today, that would signal to me that they're in rebuild mode. It would either signal it would either either or signal that or or they would just or it would be kind of like the oh we're gonna trade him away and then we'll try to sign like Josh Donaldson or Anthony Rendon but they're they're not gonna sign Anthony Rendon I uh, and I mean yeah. well Josh I mean, Donaldson's gonna cost some money and Josh Donaldson is is a short term solution thing too I mean right. Josh Donaldson let's be honest is he's not young anymore 
No, he's not. I mean, he's still very productive, but he's not young anymore. Yeah, but I mean, you are at the point where you're kind of counting the seasons. You know, Josh Donaldson is not a long-term signing anymore. That's Those days are over. Right, right. And I mean, even if it was a shorter term deal, which it probably would be, it would, you know, you would you would have to spend money. And if the budget is as tight as we hear it is, well, I mean, there you go. I mean, you know, for a fact, you're not getting Anthony Rendon. None of those top three guys you're not getting. So, I mean, that that trade wouldn't happen in a million years. No, no, absolutely. You would be trading away not one, but two. You would be trading Wilson Contreras in, in, in that as well. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me at all. It seems totally, completely lopsided. I don't get how there's any value for the Cubs there. It just, I think these ch- scenarios are just spinning a wheel or throwing darts at a board. Yeah. Oh, let's just come up with something. Yeah, I mean, fans are already sort of on the edge of their seat here with what, what the, the front office is going to do. And a lot of people are really frustrated right now. If they made a move like that, where they get rid of Contreras and Bryant, and in return they get some prospects that nobody has heard of, there's going to be a full-on fan riot. People will revolt. They, I mean, this, this is not the time to do something like that. People are already kind of unhappy. If they pulled something like this... That would be bad. That would and be really bad. And you got that nice business. big TV deal coming in. You really want to kick off the first year when you're trying to get subscribers yeah. with that? Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, that's this exactly. They should be going full bore right now. I think it was Jeff Passan who was talking about like trade candidates or whatever uh, for the Cubs. You know, there's all these talks of the trades or whatever. And brought up was Anthony Rizzo. And I just want to take this moment and say. I think the very last person on this entire team on this 40 man roster to be traded would be him. So yeah, don't worry about that. It's that's not, not even going to happen. It's not worth talking about. It's not worth thinking about. They're not going to trade Rizzo. I'm not necessarily opposed to trading Chris Bryant if they got the right package for him. Sure. I only say that because I, my gut feeling, and I'm sure I'm not alone on this, is that Chris Bryant is not going to extend or re-sign with the Cubs. Right. So, you know, if they if they get the feeling that he's going to bolt when he becomes a free agent, then you might as well get something for him. But they got to even if it's just for a year's worth of Chris Bryant, you should still get something significant. Of course. Of course. I mean, my biggest fear is that they're going to trade him away to kind of quote to trade him away, if you know what I mean. And Mm -hmm. you get an underwhelming return. Yeah, exactly. And and I mentioned this uh, a couple days ago, a day or two ago, that it, it sounds like the front office's mentality is just that they need to make a trade just for the sake of making a trade because the last couple of seasons haven't gone quite as planned and so they need to do something significant. You can't just do something significant just to, and, and hope that that makes a difference. You have to have an actual plan in mind. You right. have to have an actual area that you that you're wanting to 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 make better. I mean, you can't just you can't just trade a core player and hope that that does something. I mean, have an actual goal in mind. It just kind of seems like they're aimlessly wandering right now. Well, I think they're trying to evaluate every scenario they can. I mean, like we've said before, this is a very 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 tough situation to be in considering you don't have a farm system, considering your budget looks pretty tight. I, and you have a bunch of holes on your team. Here, let, let's put let's put this roster in perspective right now. I, it sometimes you don't realize how kind of bad it is in some areas until you look at the current roster. Um, so, okay, I played this game on my other show, Swirsky Sports. Check it out, Swirsky Sports. We do shows every week. We're going to go through the 40-man roster, okay? We're going to go through these position areas. And then you're going to name the starters. So we're going to go outfield, infield, catchers. And when we name the starters, we're going to see what's left. And what's left is our depth. And that's going to tell you something, okay? All right. Okay, so outfield. Who right now are your starters out there? Right now. Right now? Well, I think I guess center field is the the biggest question mark. 
right. uh, as of this moment. In left field, I've probably got Kyle Schwarber. Right. Uh, ideally, you've got Jason Hayward starting in right field just because mm-hmm. defensively he's better there than in center. Sure. Um, you've probably got it's it's either Almora or Hap in center field right now. I mean, I that's that's a huge question mark right now. I don't know who you got there. Okay, so let's uh, say so I, for sure for sure you've got Schwarber in left. I think that is I think that's a given. Uh, maybe they sign somebody to play right field and they put Jason Hayward in center. Uh, Hayward is still a, a well above average defender in center, but you get more out of him in right field. Right. I mean, we're just talking right now, no moves as it is right now, as of 12-4-19. Yeah, so I guess as of right now, I'm from left to right, I'm going Schwarber, Almora, Hayward. Though I, I'm not convinced that Almora is going to be the, the opening day center fielder. Nor should he. Um, I'm going to basically do what you did, and, but do Ian Happ instead. Um, so I'm going to do Ian Happ, but... Okay, so you have those three, mm-hmm. whether it's Amora Hap. Your other option is Tony Kemp right now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I, I would feel good about that either. I don't think Tony Kemp is the best option of all those guys. Great guy, but uh, he's a bench player at yeah. most. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so in infield, we're going to go infield. Uh, so first base, Anthony Rizzo, right? right? Right. Third base, Chris Bryant, unless he plays some outfield, but for the most part, Chris Bryant, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Shortstop, Javier Baez. Yeah. Second base, that's kind of for grabs. Man. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't we'll, be surprised to see them work out Bodie there. Let's, for all intents and purposes, but let's put Bodie. Yeah, that's... I. I I would guess that that's not what the fan base wants, though. I, I would think that the majority of people would like to see Nico Horner playing there. Right, but, you know, we don't know if he's going to be ready for this opening yeah, that's, day or not. Yeah, that's still, yeah, it's in the making. That's, We're talking opening day here based on right now. Yeah, so I, I guess unless they make, you know, they sign somebody or trade for somebody, my best guess like, would be Bodie, I suppose. So let's let's just put Bodie there for right now. We can agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's your bench right now. 40 man roster. You got your prize guy, Nico Horner. Okay. Roba Garcia, Daniel Descalso, Zach Short. That's your depth right now. Yeah. You have a guy that's never played before. You have Robel Garcia, who was a nice story for a little bit, but I I just don't think he's going to stay on a major league roster. And you have the shell of Daniel Descalso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so beyond their starters, they really have just got a handful of guys who are really just serviceable, and that's about it. You're not really – no value uh, in the depth department. So the last thing we're going to do – we're not going to do bullpen, but we're going to do starting rotation as of right now. Uh, I'm going to give mine. You're going to give yours. Um, so mine would be Kyle Hendricks, you Darvish. Jose Quintana, John Lester, and for my fifth starter to start the year, my guess would probably be Tyler Chatwood. I don't know. I I know they've said that they're they're willing to give Tyler Chatwood another shot another shot uh, in the rotation. I I think it's a toss up, and I think they'll either trade for somebody or sign somebody on the cheap. Uh, but as it stands, as it stands right now, I guess I would just say Alec Mills. Uh, but otherwise you're one through four. I'm, I'm on board with you there. Right. So that's what you got right now. My whole point of this exercise is you don't have depth. Yeah. They have none. They have no depth right now. You just don't. And look, they are going to make moves. They'll make trades. They'll make signings. They will make moves. My whole point is they have work to do. I'd say at catcher, maybe that I'd say the depth is all right. I think Contreras and Caratini is a good one too. And you have that kid position. in Miguel Amaya coming up. So yeah, the catcher's okay, but I mean that's, that's fine. That's that's one out of nine. So right, some work to do for sure. And look, and if they if they get 
a middle infielder, then I think Bodie is a good depth piece at at really any of those those uh, infield spots other than first base. I think Bodie is a very very good bench bat. I think he's got a lot of value in that department. Oh, yeah. I don't think he should be starting 150 plus games, but he is a great Probably bench not. platoon bat. Probably not on the Cubs. I, I do think that Bodie is uh, somebody who could be a starter on another team. Maybe, maybe. I just I, I, I see I see the value in a bench bat, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. On this you team, need those, yeah, for sure. You need those type of guys. You do need those type of yeah. guys. I just you know, like I said, if you're just looking at the infield right now, I have no idea what you're gonna get in Zach Short. I'm not really expecting much from Zach Short, but you know, maybe he'll surprise you. Uh, Robel Garcia, I, I, they, they milked what they could out of him. You knew he was going to be a short-term solution last year. I, I think that's where you leave that. And I wrote about this the other day. I wrote about Daniel Descalso. He had a historically bad year. And I think it's clear yeah. that the injury was a cause of that. Cause he started off the season mm-hmm. good. And as soon as he hurt he even said he was playing on it for a while injured so that was definitely a factor but even so even when Daniel Descalso is playing more like Daniel Descalso it's like okay you have a serviceable glove that can move around but you you have not really much of a bat I just think that you need to find more effective hitters than Daniel Descalso He's got value as like a leader and just someone is versatile. So if he bounces back, he can be useful, but I really don't oh, want to yeah. rely on Daniel Descalso being like top depth. Yeah, if if he stays healthy, he'll have a better year. I I don't think that he'll have a repeat of last season if he stays I don't either. Healthy. I don't either. Having said that, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he played well beyond his actual ceiling uh, before he got hurt. I mean, that was it was a fun joke to make that oh, we don't need Bryce Harper because we have right. Daniel Descalso. He's right. I don't think he'll be that good uh, in in a larger sample size, but I do think he could be a good serviceable depth piece if he stays healthy. I don't see him repeating that miserable season. And it, my whole point is like, it's like this. If he ends up staying on the roster, he bounces back, he has a nice spring, looks good. Okay, just don't avoid upgrading that position just because you're, quote-unquote, stuck with Daniel Descalso, who's making $2 million a year. You know, it's like, don't, yeah, don't, don't keep him on the roster just to keep him on the roster. If you have chances to upgrade, you upgrade. Well, ideally, yeah, but who knows with this front office. Yeah, exactly. If if he's the 25th guy, whatever. I mean, that's really how I see him right now. Even if he does stay on the roster, he does bounce back. You're you're not going to see him play a whole lot. He'll be a a pinch hitter. He'll start every now and then. He may come in defensively if there's like some sh- sort of shifting or double switch or whatever, but you are not going to see him play a whole lot. No. No, definitely not. not. No. Unless they just get plagued by injuries. Right. Fingers right. crossed. Yeah. And I'm rooting for Dan of the scale, so he seems like a really good dude, really good leader. It's just... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm rooting for everyone on the roster. Sure. Absolutely. It just, you know, you're at the point where you look up and down and you say, man, it's full of holes. It's full of question marks. You know there's going to be changes, but you see what kind of stuff there is that needs to be done. The Cubs have made a few moves. Uh, the one I wanted to bring up really quick, pitching-wise, when we look at the pitching depth, uh, they picked up Jarrell Cotton from the Oakland A's. And Jarrell Cotton was rehabbing from Tommy John last year. He missed all of 18. So he has not pitched in the big leagues since 2017. And he had a few streaks of effectiveness, and then things kind of fell off that last year before he got hurt. But I think it's a very interesting low risk, high reward move. It sounds like yeah. there's still a lot of upside with him. Um, but you're gonna need to do a yeah. lot more. But that's one step. You know, that's you're not wrong. There is upside. Uh and I'm fine with it because like you said, it is it is a, a low risk deal. But 
you know, if you go back and look, the Cubs' track record of actually uh, rehabilitating uh, these reclamation project guys from Tommy John surgery, it's not good. They're, the success rate of that is has been really pretty low. I mean, how many pitchers have we seen these past few years that, that are coming off of Tommy John surgery just not really amount to anything on the Cubs? So I I have so low expectations for this. Anything they get out of him, I think, will be a surprise to me. Yeah, and that's fair. You just never know what you're going to get from this guy. You look at all these other pitchers. They picked up C.J. Pelham. I, I didn't really know who he was. Uh, right now, you got Justin Steele on the 40-man roster. You have Colin Ray on the 40-man roster. We'll see what those guys could bring. Justin Steele, you know, he, people talked about him the past year or so, so it'll be interesting to see what he does there. You have Dwayne Underwood Jr. Is he ever going to really sustain pitching at the big league level? Mm-hmm. We've seen very small spurts. I just don't know. Kind of feels like Dylan Maples to me, who's uh, – who's also on the 40 man yeah. roster, but past the I don't think you could really rel- for a breakout. Yeah. Yeah. I think like Dylan Maples, the stuff has always looked good. It's just the location. If you can't mm-hmm. locate, then, then it's not going to do you any good. No, no, it, you, you'll be pretty streaky, but I think, you know, we have Alec Mills. You brought him up. I think we may have something there. Uh, we'll see if Rowan Wick can repeat what he did last year. Uh, Brad Week, who we had last year for a little bit, we'll see what he can do. You have not much else in terms of unknowns. I mean, I guess you could put Albert Alzale in that conversation. We'll see if he sure. can stay healthy. That's a big question mark. But, you know, the rest, you got you Darvish. You got Kyle Hendricks, Tyler Chatwood, John Lester, Jose Quintana, Kyle Ryan. Have those guys, and we'll see how Craig Kimbrell looks this spring. If the stuff looks good, if he looks yeah. like his normal self, then you know, hopefully, he can be back to being the dominant closer he was. I think having a full spring training will help. I, I agree. You know, it, it it's hard to just jump right in there mid season and perform at your peak level. It's and he not, had multiple injuries too. Right. Yeah. It's just not realistic. So. Uh, I think Craig Kimbrell will be better. I don't think we're going to see prime Craig Kimbrell. I, my gut feeling is that those days are past him, but I still think he can be very good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We've talked about Jose Quintana before, and I still think there might be a chance they deal him. They may get some value for him. Mm-hmm. But if not, you have a, what, he's making like, what, $10, 11000000 million yeah. this year? In a starter that could give you 190, 200 innings. Yeah. He's definitely not your number one or two. He's either your three or four. But I mean, at least what you can say is, looking back at last year, I thought the overall body of work was better than the ERA shows. You look at the fielding independent and the words, the fielding independent pitching numbers. You look at the Babbitt against in the last month or two. It was ridiculously high. He ran into some tough luck, and I'm not saying he was fantastic, but you look at the 380 fit versus the ERA, which is much higher. I, I just think Quintana is a very solid, valuable arm we have that's not flashy yeah. or great, but he's not terrible like some people make him out to be. Yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. I, I think I think he's just going to continue to be what he's going to be. I I'm really I'm done. Uh, believing that we're going to get White Sox Quintana at any right. point, I think I think he'll be a little better than he was last year. But for the most part, I think who he is is just uh, a solid pitcher who's going to give you a lot of innings, doesn't get hurt, and I think he's just going to have some up and down moments like he did last year. I don't I don't see him being you know the the most consistent pitcher in the Cubs rotation. He's going to have stretches where he's really good and stretches where it's pretty rough. And yep. overall, that body of work is going to be fine, I think. Who's your number one in this uh, rotation op- right now? Optimistically, you Darvish. Mm-hmm. You know, if he picks up where he left off, you Darvish is is absolutely got the highest ceiling of everyone in the rotation at the moment. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. Ideally, be him. Right now, I'd still put Kyle Hendricks in that spot. That's fair. I think that's that's probably the the, the, the safe way to go. I, 
you know, he, he has proven to be the most consistent pitcher. And, you know, if you're going, you know, if you're going on the, the mentality of history repeats itself, then yeah, it would be Hendricks. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible because the front office just hasn't given us much to look forward to recently. Yeah, it, I, and I hear that, and I, I do believe in you, Darvish. I mean, look at the 180 he's done. When he came here, you know, there was a, it was clear there were a lot of hurt feelings from the World Series before, and now he's uh, tweeting every day. He's making YouTube videos. I don't understand Japanese, but I do watch his YouTube videos just because yeah. I, I enjoy watching him. He did this one video. Um, he was, like, cooking something. I don't know if it was, like, a... It was like some sort of meat, but he was uh, showing you how to prepare it, how to cook it. And I don't know. I, I just I just enjoy watching his videos. I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, um, he seems but, he's pretty into the, the YouTubing thing. It seems like he should hire somebody to do uh, English subtitles for him. You know what he could do is I feel like he's into gaming. He should do like more of that stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. If he started streaming on Twitch and stuff, I'd watch him all the time. That'd be so cool. Yeah. That would be really, really cool. Yeah, but, he'd get tons of subs, too. Yeah, I think, I mean, his YouTube channel right now is pretty popular internationally. I, people, A lot of people in Japan watch his videos. Uh, people here watch his videos. I, he's getting more and more subscribers by the day. He's using his social media more to promote it. So he's really big into that stuff. It's it's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I, just, I wish Twitter's uh, translation algorithm was better because even you know you translate his tweets to english they still don't really make any sense to me right it's it's very it's a very loose translation yeah. and i think it, it needs some hinkering but uh mm-hmm. you know I, I get a good idea of what he's trying to say at times and i mm-hmm. i really uh i really like when he just bees himself you know like yeah he, he's, he's his personality definitely flow. like fully out of his shell it seems like can we talk about Christian Yelich being a total dweeb? Did you sure. see that? Yeah. Oh, With you, yeah. Darvish. Oh, yeah. Like, he didn't even apologize for it. And I mean, it's like, whatever. It's it, Christian Yelich just never came off as that type of guy. He never really did. Yeah, I was kind of taken by surprise by that, too. I, <laughs> I, Yelich is not the, the kind of guy I would have expected that from. But. Yeah, neither, neither would I. And who knows? Maybe they have a laugh about it this coming season. It all blows yeah. over. I just, I just thought it was weird, completely unnecessary. Darvish didn't mean it. I'd have some pent up saltiness too, though, if I had to live in Milwaukee and play for the Brewers. Oh, oh, oh! I mean, if, if you're gonna be top tier talent like that, of all the places to be in the league, Milwaukee would not be my first choice. Speaking of the Brewers. They have now lost Yasmani Grandal yeah. to the White Sox, and now Moustakis. they've lost Mustakis to the They're Reds. They're going to suck. <laughs> I think the Brewers are going to be bad. Like, these past couple years, we keep saying, oh, the Brewers, they've just had hot streaks. They're bound to fall off a little. I'm I'm even more on board with that this year. I just think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to win, like, 75 games this year. Well, you hear the talks about dude. selling some of the guys, too. Yeah, yeah. There's been rumors that Josh Hader might be available uh, if teams are interested. The Brewers are going to fall off this year. They're doomed. Doomed. I mean, I could see the Brewers falling down and the Reds climbing up a bit. Yeah, I was just going to say that exact same thing. I think the Reds could be better than the Brewers this year. And then the Pirates will probably be in the basement. Yeah, the Pirates, they're not going to be good. And, and, you know, it's going to be a... Battle Cubs Cardinals. No, that'll mm. be a that'll be an interesting battle. It's 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 one of those situations where the Cubs have so many holes, so many problems, and yet you feel like they still need to take advantage of this window. Because if the Brewers are declining, while the Reds are rising, I'm still not gonna like declare them ninety plus game winners like some of these people are after signing Mike Mustakis, but I definitely think they could be better. Oh, I think so too. You know, I don't think, I don't think they're going to do anything significant this year. But I think they'll they'll improve, and I think you know, I I appreciate that they are actually making an effort. Me too. Rather Me too. than just I mean, good accept, for them. yeah, I I hate it when teams just accept that they're bad and stockpile prospects, 
and tank games, you know, the fan bases deserve more than that, I think. I mean, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, then you shouldn't expect good ticket sales. You shouldn't expect much out of your fans. It's it's a two-way street, and more teams should should uh, model their, their business after what the Reds are doing at the moment. And, you know, the Cincinnati Reds, they have a pretty sizable fan base. I mean, the Cincinnati Reds are one of the oldest Got great history. professional sport. Yeah, they're one of the like the oldest sports teams in America when you think about it. So mm-hmm. they've got a very long history. Okay, this is something I always think about, and I need your opinion on this comparison. And hear me out, okay? Okay. The Cincinnati Reds are the Chicago Bears of baseball. Here's why. A, they're one of the oldest teams in their respective leagues. Agreed. B, the logo looks very similar, right? C, they have a very long history with some of the greatest players to ever play in that sport. I mean, Pete Rose is arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Johnny Bench is one of the greatest catchers of all time. The Bears, they had Walter Payton and all these other Hall of Famers. The Reds have a ton of Hall of Famers. The Bears have had a ton of Hall of Famers. Next, they have a long history of success. However, they have not seen success outside of a few years the past few decades. And they are known for having some of the best teams seasons of all time which were well over 30 years ago the reds had the big red machine in the mid 70s the bears had the 85 bears in the mid 80s what do you think of that comparison some valid points i guess where i would disagree is that you know it's about the market size i think you know no matter how bad the bears are they're always going to be in one of the flashy cities, in one of the big appealing right. cities. You know, Chicago is always going to be no, that's true. One of the most that's intriguing and popular places. Whereas Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati, it, though I'm sure nice and fun city, it, it's not Chicago. It's never going to be a place like Chicago or Los Angeles or New York to the big fish, uh, and so. That's where I would disagree, just because, you know, the Bears have the benefit of always being a relevant franchise uh, right. to people, no matter how good or bad they are, whereas the Reds are, are pretty much forgotten by everybody when they're not doing anything on the national level, uh, competitively, I mean. I, I just I just think it's a difference in market size for me. But, you know, as far as history goes, those are some valid points. Yeah, no, I I think definitely the biggest difference is market size. And that is a point I was going to make. So I am glad you brought that up. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to I just kind of wanted to get that out there a little bit. But yeah, yeah. but like we were saying about the division, you know, there's going to be some swapping of power, but the Cubs still have to take advantage of this. And they have obviously some things to fix, like we said, Um, going back to the non-tender deadline. There were a lot of interesting names non-tendered by teams. Jordan Bastain, um, who writes for the covers the Cubs um, on Cubs.com, you could read this article right there. He came out with this yesterday, and it is a list of pitchers that the Cubs could target who were non-tendered by their respective teams. Uh, so I figured we'd go through this list and check it out. Okay. So number one, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. I, I was just agreeing, you know, like, let's do this. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I got nothing to say. Number one, I think a lot of people have talked about this. Uh, Blake Trinan. We all remember how good mm-hmm. he was in 2018. A 0.78 ERA, 100 strikeouts, 21 walks in 80 and one thirds innings. That's 68 games as Oakland's closer. Last year, he struggled quite a bit. He's 31 years old. He throws about 95, 96. He's kind of a sinker ball type guy. The command slipped a little bit, as pointed out by Jordan in this article. I think he'd be a very intriguing target. I think if you get him in that pitch lab, you could maybe get back to kind of where he was. Yeah. 
I would love Br- uh, Blake Trinan. Uh, like you said, uh, the command was was kind of rough last year, but just the fact that the, the average velocity has not really slipped is a good sign uh, that he can get better. I think he's going to be on a lot of teams' radar, though. And so I, my feeling is that the Cubs aren't going to pony up the cash for him. I don't think he'll be that expensive, but even so, I, I don't think the Cubs are going to spend what it's going to take. I think some other team will give him more than what the Cubs are willing to give him, and that'll be that. And unfortunately, I think that's pretty much going to be the story of this offseason. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And that's the point about number two that Jordan makes. Uh, Kevin Gosman. And Kevin Gosman is a guy who last year struggled, obviously. That's why he was a non-tenor. A 5.72 ERA, 114 strikeouts versus 32 walks. In just over 100 innings, he was both a starter and reliever, so he gave you some flexibility there. He was with the Braves and the Reds. If you go back in 2018, he had a 392 ERA for 31 starts with the Orioles and the Braves. So solid numbers there. I think he's a fairly intriguing name. He certainly wouldn't be a top-of-the-rotation guy, but more like no. the bottom of the rotation, where if you need him in the pen, you need him in the pen. You need him to make starts. You know, he could make starts. You would probably be looking at him as like a five-starter type guy. Yeah, and, and that would be nice. But again, that's that's something I don't see the Cubs actually pulling the trigger on. I think that it's, there's a higher possibility of them going after a guy like him I'm um, not saying they definitely are, but I could I, I could see it. I could see them going after a guy like him. Um, so we'll see about that one. Number three is Aaron Sanchez. Now, this was uh, kind of one of those guys where you look at, at least for me, where you look at and just be like, well, it's another what if project because... Sure. You know, we've had uh, soldier, uh, shoulder surgeries with him. He had it last year. Uh, you have some injury concerns there. 2016, he was really good. If people don't remember, he had a three ERA, was yeah. an all-star that year. Almost too good. You know what I mean? It's it almost see, it's too good for him to repeat that at this point in his career, I think. Or at least to, to expect that again. You look at what he's done since a 5.29 ERA and 55 starts. Right. So, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that one. Personally, yeah, I, I I'm with you there. I'm I'm passing as well. Now here is one that is interesting, and a guy who kind of used to frustrate the Cubs. He's older, but I think this would be a very intriguing bullpen piece. Former Milwaukee pitcher Junior Guerra. Junior Guerra, as you remember, uh, he was with the Brewers the past couple of years. He was one of those guys where he didn't really blow you away, but you had some movement on his pitches. He threw decently hard in the mid-90s. He got a lot of ground balls. I would like him as a bullpen guy. Um, I'm not saying he would be a huge I need target, but I wouldn't mind a guy like Junior Guerra. I would take yeah, if the price was right, I would take Junior Guerra. Uh, that that would be another fairly low risk guy. I mean, like you said, he's he's older. He he's going to be going into his age 35 season, but his rookie year he was 30, so not a ton of miles on his arm. Uh, 400 something innings for Junior Guerra. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. 420 career innings for Junior Guerra. Not a lot of mileage on that arm. I, and and I think he, he could be pretty solid, you know. Don't expect huge things out of him, but he I think he'd be a really nice addition. That's a good under-the-radar kind of guy to look at, I think. Yeah, if he could cut his walks down just a wee bit, he was almost at four based on yeah. ball per nine last year. But, I mean, like we said, he gets a lot of ground balls. Uh, the strikeout numbers aren't huge, but they're decently respectable. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, that's a guy I wouldn't mind going after and they wouldn't get him to be a starter. He hasn't started no. a game since 2018. He didn't start any games last year. Uh, that was the first time uh, since becoming a brewer because in 2016, he started all 20 games he appeared in 
2017. Yeah, he was very good that year. He had a 281 ERA, a 370 fielding independent pitching, a whip of about 1.13. So we've seen him be effective before. So that's an intriguing name. And it's it's not like he's one of those battling injury type of guys. So that's not really a, a worry there for you. No, yeah, I, I'm on board with Junior Guerra if they can get it for the right price. The last one Jordan lists here is Jason Adams, and he is 28 years old. He doesn't have a lot of time in the big leagues. 291 ERA and 23 appearances, though an 11% walk rate, uh, that one to me feels more like a gamble. So meh. Yeah, that's that's one where you wonder if the it's just a flash in the pan scenario. Right. And, right. I mean, at least right. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm more inclined to believe that that is the case. But you know, if he's cheap enough, then hell, why not? Why not do another low risk, high reward scenario? Yeah, it's you're going to see a few more of those types of moves. That's just kind of the nature of, of an offseason. But, I mean, on that list as a whole, I'd really like Blake Trinan, and I would really be okay with Junior Guerra. Those are really the guys that catch yeah. my eye. Um, if you gave Kevin Gausman a chance in spring training, yeah, I, I, I could be okay with that. Uh, other than that, you know, it's like Jason Adam, nah. Aaron Sanchez, eh. But that's that's kind of my take on on those guys. Yeah, um, I I try. I'm with you. Trinan would be number one for me on that list. I think Guerra is probably more realistic, though. It shouldn't be that way. It Blake Trinan should not be an unrealistic target for the Cubs. But no, it should. It just feels like they're going to keep being tight with the wallet. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I think uh, these winter meetings coming up are going to kind of say a lot about how we're going to be approaching this offseason. I mean, we know right now that they are thinking about their budget. They are not going to be free spenders. Because if they were free spenders, then we'd hear about them being linked to Garrett Cole, at least. Or Steven Strasburg. That's not even in the conversation right now. You know, the Dodgers I, I, are in, the Yankees are in, we're not. I'm I'm all right with not being in on guys like that. Uh, you know, Trinan and Guerra are really the only two guys that r- much appeal to me on that list. Kevin Gosman to me feels like Tyler Chatwood 2.0 ready to happen. Yeah, if they didn't go after a guy like him, I wouldn't be that upset, really. I mean, it's it's good to look around. It's good to assess your options. Yeah, but it just Kevin Gosman feels like the kind of guy the Cubs would overpay for. Or it it kind of feels like you know Kevin Gosman kind of, to me. I don't really want to fully make this comparison because they're not in the same spot as they were. But I mean, you remember when the Cubs were really bad towards the end of the Hendry era. They were still trying to contend, and they were just patchworking with really mm-hmm. mediocre guys. Yeah, to me, it would just feel like that. Sure, I I, I can agree with you there. I mean, Gosman's had a few successful runs in MLB, but you look at his 2018, 3.92 ERA, 4.32 fielding independent pitching, 1.3 WHIP. 7.3 strikeouts per nine, 2.9 base on ball per nine. So, you know, that, that's okay. But it's like, okay, those are pretty just just okay numbers. Now, I know it's going to be hard to acquire elite talent. It really is. But I just I feel like if that was one of our big moves, then it doesn't really feel like Oof. you're making that much proge- progress, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> This offseason, man, I just... It's going to be frustrating, I, I think. Right now, I don't know how you feel. I just feel like Nick Castellanos is more and more becoming a pipe dream. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I think, as with a lot of players that are on the board, I think there's going to be teams willing to pay a lot more than the Cubs for him, unfortunately. As well, much as the... I would love to retain him. I would love yeah. to re-sign Castellanos. 
we know who's interested in him right now. We know the Giants are now interested in him. I think that'd be a horrible fit for him, but if they pay up, they pay up. Yeah, and, you know, I I just don't see it. I don't see the Cubs being willing to spend that kind of cash for him. This is how I kind of described the Castellanos situation. He's a guy... I mean, part of this is his agent, obviously. We all know who his agent is, Scott Boris. But to me, Castellanos, he feels like the guy where he's like, you know, I would like to stay here. But you know what? If they're going to offer me more money, then I'm just going to take more money. It, he just, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm not trying to sound negative or bashing his character by any means. But mm-hmm. I just feel like while he would like to play here some more, He's not going to be that 100% loyal, I want to play in Chicago no matter what. It's going to be who makes him the no. best offer. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think he'll, he'll go with uh, one of the highest bidders. And I don't, I don't see the Cubs being in the top five highest bidders for him. I mean, you look at the value right now of players. Just to talk about the signings today that happened on Wednesday, December 4th. We saw former Cub Cole Hamels. Uh, he will not be a Cub next year. He will be an Atlanta Brave. He signed a one-year deal worth $18 million. A guy who's 36 and is coming off an oblique injury. Yeah, He's I was surprised by million. that. I was really surprised by that. I did not, I, you know, I believed that he would play again. I did not think he'd get 18 mil, though. I was thinking more along the lines of 10 for Cole Hamels, to be honest with you. I mean, he, I was let's, like let's be real. Year 18 mil over yeah, let's two years. let's let's be real. He, I mean, he's in the twilight of his career now, especially right. coming off an injury too. An oblique injuries; those yeah. are tough. Yeah, and and then you have Zach Wheeler signing for over one hundred million dollars. Now, I like Zach Wheeler. If you look at his numbers, they're better than you may realize. But over a hundred million dollars for Zach Wheeler? That just seems a little too much to me. Surprised by that one too. That that's an overspend. I you know I thought more in the ballpark of eighty or ninety for Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I'm really surprised that he got about a hundred and twenty. Uh, because you know w- with guys like Zach Wheeler, I think you're playing with fire as far as longevity is concerned because. With these fireball pitchers, once they start losing some velocity, things go downhill really fast. Yeah, and we and do know he has had kinda, surgery before. Tommy John surgery. It's kind of who Wheeler is. He's he's got really high fastball velocity. Once that starts to dip a little bit, it can really catch up with you quick. Yeah, I mean, last it's it's actually surprising. Last year. He came off a career high, 195 innings pitched. That was his career high. And he had a fielding independent pitching of 348, a strikeouts per nine of 9.0, and walks based on ball uh, per nine, 2.3. I mean, those are some really good numbers, very solid numbers. Yeah. The whip was nearly 1.3. The year, I mean, the year before was arguably better. In terms of FIP and ERA, a 3.25 FIP in 2018, a 3.31 ERA, a 1.12 WHIP. Um, so again, those are really good numbers. It's just, ah, I just think that's a lot of money for him. Yeah, yeah. Zach Wheeler's a guy that I I would have loved to have had in the Cubs rotation too. But for that price, even if the Cubs were spending their money for that price, I'd be out. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Let's say you gave him that contract. You would have him, you Darvish, and John Lester making a ton of money in 2020. Mm-hmm. Three of your starters. Yeah. One has had some injury issues recently in Darvish, but he showed second half last year how good he could be. Wheeler had an injury a while ago, but he's very, you know, he's very good now. He's he's shown durability, but there's always that worry in the back of your mind. And John Lester, well, let's face it, he's not he's not the John Lester that we had mm. early on when we signed him. And we knew this was going to happen, but yeah, he's he's not the ace John Lester anymore. No, so that's yeah. that's that'd be a lot of money sunken into three starters. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. That that would not be a smart move. 
So how they're going to fill these holes in the rotation, we'll see. Like I said, we know it's not going to be Cole or Strasburg. They may have to get creative here. Um, And look, I really like Cole Hamels. I really, really like Cole Hamels. But I'm also glad that they didn't pay $18 million to Cole Hamels, a guy who coming off the oblique injury. If he wasn't hurt last year and he pitched like he did in the first half, that's a completely different story. But 36 years old after an oblique, yeah, it sounds like the Cubs weren't even considering it. Yeah, well, I mean... Let's be re- the Cubs aren't going to spend eighteen million dollars on anyone. No, no, unless they find a way to freeze some space. Yeah, which I mean, they, you know, I don't see that happening either. It's going to be hard to clear space. I mean, who are you going to who are you going to trade away? You're not. I mean, you're you're not going to find anybody who's going to be willing to eat uh, the bulk of Jason Hayward's contract, or maybe no. even half of it. It's just not going to happen. Nobody's right. going to take that on. No, and I mean, Jason Hayward has put up some solid numbers the past two years and is a gold glove, but you're right. That's the amount of money he's getting paid for what he puts up. I mean, there's a big difference there. So even if you eat like a little over a third of that, you know, how much are you really saving? Yeah, I mean, if teams thought that that they'd get more out of him for that kind of money, he'd already be gone. Right, right. (sighs) Yeah, I think when we get to the winter meetings... I think what we'll see in the winter meetings, here's my prediction. We'll see a Baez extension. And then we'll see a signing or two. Nothing huge. I would love to see a Castellanos extension, but I'm not expecting it. Um, And I think we may see a trade. I don't think we'll see a core piece traded. I could be wrong, but I think we will see a trade in some think I think we will. I think we will see a core piece traded. I think will? Cubs, okay. I think I think the front office, I don't know what. I have I don't have anything specific in mind. I just think they're going to do it. I think the front office is going to do something that's going to leave the fan base really angry during the winter meetings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think one of the big name core pieces is going to get traded and people are not going to like the return. Okay. I mean, I could see it happening. I could. I'm just not going to fully expect it. I mean, something is going to happen during the winter meetings. I just I think that we're going to see a few small moves. Um, at least that's what I feel pretty strongly towards as in guaranteeing what's going to happen. I mean, I can't guarantee anything, but I would be incredibly shocked if they didn't make like a small trade or a small signing somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and I, I really do think we'll see that by his extension. I, I really have a good feeling. Yeah, I hope so, too. I've accepted that they're not going to make any huge splashes. You know, I've. We've, I think we've all come to terms with the fact that they're not going to spend any significant amount of money. I just hope they don't do anything stupid, like really stupid uh, trade-wise. Yeah, I, that's... I'm going to trust them not to not do anything breath, stupid. I just... Um... I think it's coming. I think it's coming. I think you're well, going to see somebody like Brian or Contreras get traded for peanuts. Uh, or at least what I, seems like peanuts at the moment. I'm trying. I'm trying to imagine that not happening, but I, I think it's happening. I think it's gonna happen. You heard it here first. Uh, oh boy. So, uh, so if that does happen during the winter meetings, you said Brian or Contreras are your highest bets on that happening. Those mm-hmm. two. Yep. If it were to be a core piece, I would agree. I would I, like I said, they're going to try to extend bias. They're not trading him. They're not trading Rizzo. Yeah. It really comes down to those two. I think Contreras is the the most likely of the core pieces. Yeah, you consider the value of catchers right now, and you consider Hard to that find really good hitting catchers. Yeah, and you currently have very good depth at the catcher position. It's not somewhere you need to necessarily improve by any means yeah but it's an area where you can get some value out of yeah yeah if, if they dealt Contreras that doesn't leave a giant hole on the team necessarily but my my issue is that I don't think they'd get enough value back for him right because even if you still have Caratini and Miguel Amaya works out you know you have a really dang good all-star level bat in Contreras yeah it's hard to part with yeah well we're just going to have to wait and see. Fingers crossed that things we like happen. Let's just say that. And let's hope that we can at least 
see some moves because it's boring when moves don't happen. I was glad today we saw some moves happen because I needed some excitement because it's been boring. So bring on those winter meetings with whatever happens. Bring it on. Bring it on. So that's just going to about wrap things up here on Climbing the Ivy. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank Adam once again for coming on the show. Reminder, you can listen to the show at iTunes.com. You could also check out Cubby's Crib at Cubby'sCrib.com. You could check out the work that everybody does there. A lot of talented writers. You could also listen to this podcast via our Twitter links. We'll be posting those regularly. So check us out on Twitter.com. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.